Good morning, everyone. Great to see you all today as we come together to worship and to come to the end of this uh, Alive Again series. And today we're looking at uh, this encounter we've just heard read, Paul's interaction in Antioch. I don't know whether you've noticed, but every other speech that we've looked at in this series, it's been from Peter. Uh, And of course, we know that uh, Paul uh, is big in Acts, but this is the first time that we've looked at a speech from Paul. The reason is it's Paul's first speech in Acts. But before we delve into that, let me uh, recap what we've done over these weeks since Easter. I think it's good to recap as we come to the end of this series. Firstly, um, we looked at Peter beginning to emerge. Do you remember after Jesus had ascended, they were a fear-filled bunch of disciples when they needed to replace Judas. And it was Peter that said, one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. One of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. And then we saw his incredible transformation into uh, the fearless leader and what he said in his speech on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2.32, God has raised this Jesus to life and we are all witnesses to it. Um, Beck, mine's not working. I'm going to have to get you to do the slides. So God has raised this Jesus to life and we are all witnesses of it. That's Acts 2.32. Next, we looked at Peter's speech to the crowd after healing the lame beggar in chapter 3. And I, I think, I wasn't here that week, but I understand that you were almost launching into silver and gold, have I none? Is that correct? Showing your age. But in chapter 3, verse 15, he said, You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. Then we saw Peter and the other apostles before the Sanhedrin after they had been miraculously released from jail. And in chapter 5, verse 32, Peter said, We must obey God rather than human beings. God raised Jesus from the dead whom you killed by hanging him on a cross. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and saviour, that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. Are you picking up the theme here? Last week we saw Peter with Cornelius, And he was sharing the great revelation that the gospel is to go to everyone, even the Gentiles. Horror of horrors. And he says in chapter 10, 39 to 41, we are witnesses of everything Jesus did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And then what happened? The Holy Spirit came on everyone who heard, and on that day even Gentiles were baptised. In today's passage, we move to chapter 13, and verses 30 and 31, where Paul says, But God 
raised him from the dead, and for many days he was seen by those who had travelled with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. They are now his witnesses to our people. What I'm hoping you can see from these verses, each taken from a week, you know, a week in this series, is that the resurrection of Christ was the impactful thing for these apostles. The resurrection is what changed them. They saw Jesus back from the dead. Yes, they were fearful at the beginning, and yes, it took the coming of the Holy Spirit to encourage them and embolden them, but it wasn't the coming of the Holy Spirit that they were talking about, was it? No. It was the resurrection, which is interesting, isn't it? We're going to be celebrating Pentecost next week, and rightly we make a big thing of it. But you see, what is the Spirit's role? To point people to Jesus. It was the resurrection. That's what they were talking about. In fact, that's all they were talking about. And how important it was to them that they carried out all that Jesus had told them to do, that they would be his witnesses to the ends of the earth. Those were Jesus' last words to them. They couldn't stop talking about the truth of the resurrection. They couldn't stop talking about the truth that they had witnessed the resurrection and therefore they had to speak about it. Do you remember what witness means? I take you back to the beginning of this month. The Greek word is martus. And it's the same concept that comes into our word martyr. Martus means one who gives public witness and suffers the consequences. Nobody does this unless they are witnessing to the truth. Resurrection truth. Now let's look at what's actually happening in today's passage, Acts 13. And if you've got your Bibles there, open it up to page 1105, I think it was. The Apostle Paul had been through his own encounter with Jesus. A little different from the other apostles, but certainly no less dramatic. Have you read of Paul's conversion on the road to Damascus? Paul was a tyrant of the first order, an absolute tyrant. He was actively persecuting Christians and seemingly enjoying it along the way. The accounts of his behaviour in the early chapters are disturbing to say the least. But after he watches Stephen being stoned to death on his way to another tirade of persecution, something incredible happens which changes him. He meets Jesus on the road to Damascus. It's a great story, isn't it? He goes through a process of change and growth and comes out the other end a convinced follower of Jesus who then has a mission to achieve the complete opposite of what he'd been doing. Amazing. Instead of hunting down and killing followers of the way, he actively promoted the way and wanted more and more people to follow it. It's a turnaround of the first order. Brothers and sisters, if ever you may want to doubt whether someone could become a Christian, please take encouragement from Saul 
There are people that I doubt could ever turn to Christ. I need to reprimand myself when I think that, for example, Robin Bristow could never become a Christian. Brother Samael. I need to repent when I doubt that Vladimir Putin could become a Christian. Or an 18-year-old shooter. Or our atheist aunt. Or our really lovely neighbour. And to be brutally honest with myself, do you know why I think I doubt it? So that I can be off the hook. So that I can be off the hook. So that I can validate my lack of conversation. There's no point in talking to them. Can't imagine them becoming a Christian. It's okay. But the truth of the resurrection can impact anyone at any time. And that is why we need to be witnesses. It is why Saul and Barnabas were set apart by the fellowship in Antioch to go on a journey. That's at the beginning of chapter 13. This was Paul's first missionary journey, if you'd not picked it up. And that is uh, an amazing thing. They were set apart. And here's the route. Have a look at where they went. So they started uh, in Syria, in Antioch in Syria. They ended up in the other Antioch in Pisidia, but just follow the blue line. So they walked from Antioch to Seleucia, then got in a boat, went to Salamis, walked across Cyprus, got in a boat at Paphos, up to Perga, and then up to Antioch in Pisidia. And all along that route, they were talking with people, witnessing. And that is now what we know as Turkey. And there's the beautiful story in the synagogue of them being invited to share an exhortation. This was commonplace, apparently, when um, visitors came to a synagogue that they were invited to speak and encourage the regulars. How would you feel if that happened when you went to a new church? Are there any visitors here today? Claire, I do see with some friends of ours from Melbourne. Should we have a word of exhortation? I can say that because he's a minister. <laughs> but how would you feel? It's not in our culture, is it? But, of course, this gave Paul an easy and amazing platform to announce the good news of Jesus. And he used it. It's exactly what he does. So being a bunch of Jews, what does he do? He uses their shared and well-known history to explain the significance of this one called Jesus. And he uses the familiar pattern that we've seen throughout these speeches in Acts. Jesus was killed. God raised him from the dead. He was seen. We witnessed it. And we are witnessing to the truth of it now. This is good news that you need to hear. Don't let it slip you by. You know what it should be, he's saying to these Jews. Now, it may well be that you hear people say, or you may say it yourself, 
Why on earth do we need to still be doing this in this day and age? Surely we don't. We shouldn't. Surely people are beyond hearing stuff like this. We just need to respect wherever they are and don't impose our beliefs on anybody else. Surely we shouldn't be sending people to other countries. How terrible is that? Do we have the right to try to change people? Do you hear that? Are you tempted to say it? Well, it's interesting that those questions never arose 2,000 years ago, even though that society was just as multicultural as ours uh, and certainly, I would think, more multi-faith. Well, I guess the first thing I'd say in answering that question is this. The underlying truth that these first apostles were speaking about has not changed, has it? It has not changed and people's needs have not changed. The reason Jesus came is still here. Sinful people need a sinless saviour. And if we have been impacted by that truth, how can we keep it to ourselves? If we know that it is the best news ever, we should not keep it to ourselves. But how on earth do we do it in this context and in this culture? Well, there's some hints in this passage, so let's try and find them. First thing is they went to the place where people gathered. Pretty simple, isn't it? And in that context, it was a synagogue, and so they talked about shared history. And at the right time, they talked about what it meant. Now, they also demonstrated God's power. We might have a little bit more trouble with that. We, we, it's probably unusual for us to tell a lame man to get up and walk. But there are things that we can do in God's power to love other people, isn't there? To demonstrate the love and to demonstrate the power of the resurrection and what it's done in us. And personal testimony goes a long way. Personal testimony, connecting with people's story, listening, learning and engaging, and then sharing our story after listening, learning and engaging. So there's a few hints. But we also need to be realistic. And I want to take you to the next few verses after we stopped reading today. I think we stopped reading too soon. It's a long passage, but I think we stopped reading too soon. Listen as I read to the end of chapter 13. Have a look at it. I'm going to start at verse 42 uh, just to connect it with the reading that we had. As Paul and Barnabas were leaving the synagogue, the people invited them to speak further about these things on the next Sabbath. Okay, come back next week. When the congregation was dismissed, many of the Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who talked with them and urged them to continue in the grace of God. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of God. So what had those people there on the first Saturday done? They'd gone out. Almost the whole city came. That's all fantastic, but listen to what happens next. When the Jews saw the crowds, 
they were filled with jealousy. They began to contradict what Paul was saying and heaped abuse on him. Then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly, we had to speak the word of God to you first. Since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life, we now turn to the Gentiles. For this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and honoured the word of the Lord and all who were appointed for eternal life believed. The word of the Lord spread through the whole region. How does verse 50 start though? But but the Jewish leaders incited the God-fearing women of high standing and the leading men of the city. They stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. So they shook the dust off their feet as a warning to them and went to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. See what happens when people respond to the truth of the resurrection. We have to be realistic. Yes, people will respond and come to know Jesus. That's the power of the truth. But the reality also is that there are others who will not be happy, others who will not be filled with the Holy Spirit and joy. Now, 2,000 years later, we are still called to preach the gospel to the ends of the earth, aren't we? That means in Thailand, as Margie does, in South Africa, as Nathan and Diane are, in Moranbar, as Luke and Julia are, but it's also here in Tewanton, in Sunshine Beach, in New Seville, in Perigian, in Dunan, in Karoi, Perigian, in Yumundi, in Gympie, in Nambour, in the schools, at the gym in the supermarket, in the office, in the staff room, at uni, on the sports field, or the golf course, or the bowling green, at bridge, or on the bridge fishing. We can make the connection between God's story and the stories of our friends or family or colleagues. 2,000 years ago, it wasn't the apostles looked for excuses. It wasn't that that the apostles looked for excuses to not speak. But we need to be realistic that we do. We do make excuses to not speak. And we need to name them. And we need to support one another in naming them and encouraging one another to not doubt God's ability either in us or his ability to bring change to others. But as this passage tells us, as we've seen, we also need to be realistic that people did and still do rail against this message that we have. People don't want to hear it and people will actively fight against it and some will incite others to actively fight against it. 
Paul's message was simple. Jesus has been raised from the dead. And through him, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is set free from sin. So let's pray that God's spirit, who has called us to be witnesses, will enable us to carry it out. The truth of the resurrection compels us. Amen.